Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Howl your wished. We're back. Hannah okay. <laughs> howled your wished. Hannah <laughs> howl your wished. This is TV worth talking about. You didn't float up the wagon on a bubble. I'm veering towards muffins. Stop making a tip of yourself and piss off. This is Shrine of Duty. Welcome to Shrine of Duty. I'm Brendan. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rebecca. It has been, guys, 714 days since we were sat together watching Line of Duty, the Series 5 finale. 714 days. Holy moly. And the pandemic in between. Uh, it was then we found out that Bomb Chicka Wah Wah Jill Bigelow was a rotten apple. It's been 714 days since Kate told fake Kate to stop making a tit of herself and piss off. And it's been 714 days since I personally think it all a little too conveniently transpired that a dying dot was firing off Morse code signals with his fingertips at the end of season three to inform AC12 that there was not one bad cop known as H, but four H's. We'll have more about that later. Uh, Nevertheless, we couldn't be more excited to get stuck into season six of Line of Duty, which, guys, Martin Comston has compared to our favourite season three. Uh, Oh! Yeah, incredible. More of that later as well. Uh, In this podcast episode, Hannah, Rebecca and myself, we've got you covered and we will have you fully briefed before the investigation begins. We're going to take you through some key clues and theories But first, let's look at the facts, what we know for sure. And that is not a lot. Uh, The plot. (laughs) All we know about the plot that that we know for sure is that AC12 take a closer look into the death of journalist Gail Vela. They have concerns about the conduct of DCI Joanne Davidson. She's the uh, senior investigating officer in that case. That is officially all we know about the plot of season six. But we have loads of theories that we will discuss shortly. Um, The other confirmed things we know about season six of Line of Duty are the cast, uh, which includes new faces. And uh, the lead uh, guest star of this season is Kelly McDonald. She's playing DCI Joanne Davidson. She's described as the most enigmatic adversary that AC12 has ever faced. Um, She's played by Kelly McDonald, as I said. She's in train spotting, yeah. She isn't train spotting, yeah. I've never seen it, but I've heard that she's very good in it. Um, oh my gosh, she's brilliant in it, guys. Yeah, so, and if, uh, train spotting, the, the sequel was just as good as the first one, which doesn't often happen. Um, we've then got uh, Shalom Brune Franklin. She plays DC Chloe Bishop. Um, 
she joins AC12 to assist in their important work on a tricky upcoming case. Um, we've seen photographs of her uh, on set in a bulletproof vest running in front of an AFO beside a crashed white van. Oh! packed loads of stuff packed into the trailer which we'll also be talking about uh, Andy Osho uh, I hope I'm pronouncing her surname correctly Osho or Osho uh, plays Gail Vela um, this is the person whose murder is being investigated in this series uh she was a newspaper reporter who had been reporting on Fairbank and the Sandsview Boys Home. Oh my God. So we're going to learn loads more about her. Uh, also joining the cast for season six is Perry Fitzpatrick. He's been photographed filming scenes dressed as a police officer alongside Kelly McDonald's DCI Joanne Davidson. Um, pa- uh, Perry is really good friends with Vicky McClure. They've worked together loads on and off over the years. And uh, then also joining the cast is Prasanna Puwanaraja. Uh, we don't know who he's playing yet, or definitely I don't, in the investigating that I've done. Um, Sorry, guys, I just have a breaking announcement yeah. um, that I have got the microphone that I bought to do this podcast is finally working. Oh, well done, um, Hannah. Thank you so much. So just to set the scene for you, I am sitting in a car with three laptops, a phone, a microphone, 75 wires that I was trying to figure out there in the background. And there's a duvet. I'm in the back of the car. There's a duvet over the front seat and it's absolutely howling rain. So I'm sure it's an alarming. hailstones. Like there's been hailstones in Dublin the last couple of days. Sun, snow, all of it. It sounds like, like you're in a Jill Bigelow kind of set up there, to be honest. I think that's how she's living these days. That's how she is. In the back of the car with a duvet in the car because my house is so loud and the car is literally rattling with the hail stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I've done my best for a year in. Just to set the scene. Um, So that is the new cast. Um, Familiar faces obviously returning Ted, Kate and Steve will all three survive by the end of season six. Lots to discuss. Um, Returning faces. Philip Osborne, he was Steve's boss in season one. This is the whole reason that Steve joined AC12. He pressured Steve to to cover up the fact that his team had killed an innocent man. Remember, Mm. this is where it all began, the upside down front door number. And so they they burst into the wrong apartment and uh, shot dead an innocent man. Philip Osborne is in a clue that we will talk about later on. Uh, Ian Buckles... Uh, he's kind of flown under the radar throughout the first few seasons, we think. But He's a bit of a snake, though, isn't bit he? A bit of a snake, and we think he's going to play <laughs> a big part in season six. Um, Jodie Taylor, who was... Um, uh, Eloise in Bridgerton. She was Eloise in Bridgerton, and she was uh, Tandy Newton's right-hand woman in season four of Line of Duty. Yes, Claudia Jessie is the name of the actress who plays her. Yeah, so we have a great reason to believe that she will be returning in season six. Mm. Um, Patricia Carmichael obviously came in in at the end of season five. Will she be back? I assume she will because one of her last sentences was, "I'm going to make it my mission to prove that Ted Hastings is bent or he's H." Yeah, so she was surely on a mission. Um, Mark Moffat, come off it. All of his dodgy dealings um, with property and uh, loans with Ted. He's behind bars. So there are a number of people behind bars who we wonder if they might return. Are they all meeting up in the yard like him and and, uh, Tandy Newton? Yeah. uh, Well, they're all behind the same bars, guys. They're all behind the same bars. And and, and definitely, I think we spoke about this before, that they were all sentenced to, uh, you know, like 10, 15 years or whatever. And they're all Mm. sort of due out around the same time. So like there could be a a right old hoolie with everyone getting out this season. Where's your man uh, who threw Steve down the stairs or was involved in that? Ross Huntley's uh, husband's mate what was his name posh boy used to slag everyone 
I mean, do you know oh, what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah why can't I re- remember his name? It, it just escapes me. Was he me. a Federation rep? Uh, no, he wasn't. He no. was a lawyer, but he said that he was never going to rob Jimmy anyone Lakewell. Else. Jimmy, Jimmy Lakewell. Lakewell. I think yeah. Jimmy Lakewell, I mean, there's he knows a lot. Also, someone else who knows a lot is Carly Kirk, and she did a runner at the end of season three, um, obviously after Dryden, the Dryden situation. She knows a lot. She knew Tommy Hunter personally um, and a lot of his associates. So could Carly make a comeback? Yeah, um, and they made a point of showing her like standing beside, like wasn't she getting on a ship or something? They gave yeah. her that little last HSS. Shot yeah, she, yeah, she was off at the Stena line. Uh, we also think slash would love Nigel Morton to return, <laughs> played by Neil Morrissey. We just want <laughs> he has the, to the vision of just the crutch going into shot first before we see anything else and we will squeal like we did when Jackie Lav's leg came out of that freezer in the last season. I love how we uh, as a trio are all convinced that he is in España having a tapas and a vino. Yeah, sorry, was in that the never, sun. is that not pretty, is that just, we made that up? But in season five there was, um, they, they did say that the laptop, that the ping came from Spain. Someone yeah. talking to the H laptop to a high-ranking officer. But that could have also been just uh, yeah. someone rerouting it to throw people off the scent. I would love if Nigel Morton made a return. He had a few phones now belonging to Dot and all that jazz. I'd say he knows a few bits. I'd say he does. I want to see that crutch coming down the Ryanair fold-out stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pinging Those rickety blue ones step. are absolutely terrifying. Death traps, but that I want to see that moment. Um, Ryan, the bent bastard Pilkington, played by Gregory Piper. Uh, the last we saw of him was being enrolled into police college, police school. He got off scot-free after he actually killed John Corbett and Lisa McQueen saved his ass by saying it was Miroslav at the end of season five. Um, other cast members to watch out for, or characters rather, Andrea Wise and Rohan. Oh, they're back, baby, in the trailer saying there's no corruption. Yeah. Oh, guys, they are very much back in the trailer. I have lots of investigating news to tell you about later on. Oh, great. Um, I would also love to see Jill return. I don't know if it's going to happen, but if she doesn't, I want to see somebody of her ilk, you know, someone with the bouncy. Someone needs to bring the glamour in season six. Would love to see a nice coat like in The Undoing. Yeah, um, that is that's it for the cast, guys. Like that's that's the new cast confirmed, the familiar faces, and the ones that we we hope will return. And as we delve more into your theories and ours, we'll talk about more of those as well. Um, okay, should we get into some theories? Let's do it. Well, we start off with the trailer, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's start with the trailer. Yes, because that is more things that we know are actually happening rather than us just being like, "Is Nigel Morton on Waffling a Ryanair on. flight?" <laughs> Yes, so guys, I went to the hassle of going through every second of the trailer and writing down what happened so we can do a full analysis. Um, There were 75,000 shots in it, even though it was a minute and 11 seconds long. Um, I'll talk you through it now, but it's going to be mental because so much happens, right? So I've literally gone shot by shot, right? And let's stop and discuss that anything that we feel like sticks out. Okay. So... The trailer begins, dropped on Tuesday, so exciting, really great treat during lockdown. Kate emerges from a white van shouting armed police and pointing a gun. A black van followed by police cars with sirens 
pull into what looks like an abandoned car park. Joanna Davidson, who's played by Kelly McDonald, sobs and Steve breathes through some pain. I'm presuming that's back pain. Oh, he's popping the pills. We saw that pill addiction begin and back in season five. So that's c- continuing on. An armed police officer shines a torch. A forensic officer photographs a table on which is a newspaper with the headline, Gail Vela, who's our new... Um, murder victim she's played by Andy Osho and then receives and then you can't see the other words journalism commendation they are firing out the commendations they just love them <laughs> in this show um and then a copy of Impact magazine Gail Vela has the cover with the headline speaking truth to the power well there was only a bloody QR code on the front of the magazine which once scanned brings you to a Google Drive with oh a PDF titled Operation Easter Egg Hunt I'm going to come back to that in a little while. All I saw but, when I scanned that was a letter. I just got a, a like a, a letter. I didn't Brendan, go on any Easter egg hunt. There was so much more. So that letter reveals that Philip Osborne is now Chief Constable of Central Police. As you mentioned, we met him back in season one when he attempted to force Steve and his teammates to lie about that failed counter-terrorism raid. Literally season one, episode one, the first 15 minutes. Well, he's been promoted. Andrea Wise appeared throughout season five. She was veering towards Muffins. She's his (laughs) deputy chief constable. Ah, here. We're two seconds in. Two seconds in. Um, And then we get to season six plot. Gail Vela's murder is this force's highest profile investigation, Ted tells us. And there's AC12 newbie DC Chloe Bishop, played by Shalom Bruni Franklin. She looks great already. I'm getting really good vibes. DCI Joanna Davison tells Kate that Gail's life was cut short and whoever did it has got away with it. The scene then cuts to two black cars, followed by two black vans driving down a motorway. I smell an ambush. Um, <laughs> Steve marches into an unknown police station, followed by DC Chloe Bishop. Two men I didn't recognize, another woman and a uniformed officer. Forensics photograph a crime scene as Joanna and Kate arrive. So it looks like Kate's undercover again. But I really thought it was going to be Steve's turn. Yeah. There's also, there is a look of sheer panic on Kate's face in this trailer and I, I it's it's hard to read into what it might mean they look like they're doing to Kate what they did to Ted last season yes. with all the teasers yeah. yes yeah. is it too obvious I don't know and we've got a lot of great Kate is bent theories in the inbox that we'll be going through later on I, I don't know where I stand on it so Ted's VO continues it will be our job to detect whether police corruption has contributed to this murder remaining unsolved armed police officers shoot at a balaclava clad person hiding behind a car door Steve briefs Kate, Chloe and Ted saying that will draw attention to links between organised crime and corrupt police officers. The scene then cuts to Joanna walking dramatically out of a station. There is no corruption in this police force. It's police and crime commissioner Rohanson Wandy. He's addressing the press alongside Andrea Wise. A barefaced liar, shades Ted, promoted to our highest office. And then we see Rohan staring ominously from a balcony. They just love that I shot. Love so the, shot. The, the, yeah, the shots I'm looking down. Tina last season, about to get shot and, in the tit. Exactly. <laughs> and this whole trailer is like people saying something in the scene before and then the next shot being the person we're meant to believe it's being said about. Yeah. So it's like a barefaced liar and then Rohan. Now that could just be amazing editing, but it's totally it could also cost, be foreshadowing. Just wind us up, yeah. 
and I am wound, let me tell you. <laughs> so you should investigate Joanna warns a pissed off Steve. Believe me, we will. He retaliates. We see those black cars again. Then Steve bursting into a warehouse, bulletproof vest and cap. And I thought I saw someone say on Twitter that this was his counterterrorism uniform. Mm-hmm. I went back and looked for that tweet and I couldn't find it. So really sorry um, if you tweeted us that, but that's very interesting. Maybe Steve is undercover. Maybe he's been demoted. Like there's a lot in this trailer. Um, okay, you have no idea what she's capable of. A worried female officer speaks into a phone. Presumably she's talking about DCI Joanna Davidson. A white van then flips on its side in the middle of a busy road. Officers burst into an apartment door. Steve shows them what appears to be a glass box. A whole line of inquiries deliberately suppressed to protect organized crime. Armed officers pour out into a street. Guns aimed at a group of men in balaclavas. They seem to be um, appre- they seem to have apprehended two of them. A balaclava is then removed from one man, and we get a flash, and I mean a flash that Brendan, you managed to screenshot Screen for God, us. It took me a while. It's up on Twitter. Who do you guys think that is? He, I don't think he's anyone. I don't think we would have been shown someone's face because they're going to know that, uh, like fans of the show are going to pause it. He looks like I, I think Reb said this. He looks like a friend. Like he could. He, he looks like he could be one of Ryan's friends. That's sort of what he looks like. He looks young enough and just probably a runner for an OCG. We got a tweet in from someone who uh, I, I will credit them later on when we're talking about the theories. But they said, could this be Kate's son? Oh. And I never even thought of that. He'd be growing up now a few years now if you think about it. He was only a bebe in like season one and two. We've never really met him. We don't know anything about the husband or the son. Is yeah. Kate's son working in the OCG? How much do we really know about Kate's husband? Yeah, there's definitely something there. <laughs> I just, this is the start of the theories going wild. Because we can literally say anything. For later, that's, that is wild. Yeah, wild. Love them. So, guys, I actually thought that was Steve when I looked at it first. Like, before I knew what you tweeted that photo of, and before I had seen the trailer, Brendan, because I had, like, put my phone down for 10 minutes and all this happened, I thought it was Steve. So they could have done what they did with Lester Hargreaves yes, last year. Yes, where, where they, they blurred him and Ted. They did in post-production. They, like, got Ted and Lester's bodies and faces and kind of mashed them together. 100% as a red herring. Um, so that was just what I thought when I saw that originally. Now I could be completely wrong. So Joanna opens a heavily bolted door and she tells someone that we can't see. I had nothing to do with it. Then Ted has a mental breakdown in a lift. Um, back on the street, a shoot off between armed police and a man we can't see. Guns are fired. People are running. Steve looks scared. A furious Tate. Kate tells Joanna, all I know is someone is behind all of this. It's nighttime now. A helicopter shines a spotlight on a car. Joanna and a second person who looks very much like Kate, but you just can't see it enough to confirm it. They emerge out of the car, hands up. Joanna is absolutely hacking it. Steve is in a cap and vest. He's running. The woman who was on the phone earlier on is shouting in the glass box, I've been framed. A police car drives into a lake in the dead of night. Now, this is another flash. And I was like, oh I my God. That. Oh, I completely missed that. Guys, a police car drives into a lake in the dead of night. Joanna is crying now and screaming, no. Who's that, Richard Hillman? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's this season's Manish gone. You know the way there's a Manish 
type person in every season. Kathleen, yeah, ta- 100%. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. These like, yeah, these sort of like outsider characters that we learn to love and then they do something awful to them. <laughs> um, so Chloe sheds a tear, Steve is lying on his back near what I now think is the upturned white van from earlier and he's like shooting into the sky. So we're obviously getting a huge Hollywood type shootout in the street, which I'm so excited for. Um, then we get the stunning tagline, lies cost lives. And then an even more stunning VO from a very deep-throated Ted. He says, when did we stop caring about honesty and integrity? Boom, we get the Line of Duty logo, but the O has been replaced with a bullet hole. I mean, gorgeous graphic designer Friday off. I mean, they're as good as you, Hannah. <laughs> Do you still believe there's a fourth man out there, Chloe asks Steve, and we get a look at the H evidence board. We were all hoping it would just disappear. Um, so we see... <laughs> 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 Jill, Tommy Hunter, Robert Denmore, Lisa McQueen, and then the seventh photo, which is just a silhouette with a question mark over the face. Man, Steve replies, or woman. And then the scene cuts to Kate looking shifty. (laughs) (laughs) And then darkness. And that all happened in a minute and 11 seconds. It's, oh my goodness. I honestly got so giddy when I watched it. Um, The trailer alone deserves a BAFTA, doesn't it? It does give that trailer after. I think what Reb is saying though is right that they're they are doing. It's season six is Kate's turn to be the suspect. Season five was Ted's turn. There and I and think then I'm like, right is it Steve, the one man you don't expect? Uh, yeah. Did Osborne plan Steve and AC12 and do it all? Is it all orchestrated? Can you imagine? Oh my God, we'd never recover, guys. Like, we'd actually never recover. Um, so, will I bring you through the Easter egg hunt that I went on? Oh, on please Thursday? do. Yes, please do. Because also, right. I think some of it linked to the BBC iPlayer, and we don't have access to that. So I don't know how, like, some, someone actually um, encrypted one into YouTube, so I got to see some of these clips, thank God. Guys, you're going to be screaming. So I sat down at about 10 o'clock on uh, Wednesday to do my homework for this podcast. And I was like, all I have to do is go through the trailer. It's a fucking minute long and write what I see. Well, it was about 25 to 2. By the time I closed the laptop, I was translating Morris code. I was on Google Maps. Like, so let me just tell you. Okay, so we basically got that QR code that everyone, like the whole cast, everyone tweeted it out. So it was like, guys, will you please just scan the QR code? Like, if you didn't get that far, you know, you have problems. So clever. Someone would have got that with the Nando's menu. That must have been the inspiration. (laughs) Exactly. That brought us to a stunning letter. It's from Philip Osborne to Andrea Wise, right? Here we go. I think it's time we had a much closer look at AC12. I'm beginning to question whether this department is fit for purpose, especially under its current, and let's be frank, extremely difficult leadership. Ted Hastings doesn't investigate or doesn't lead investigations, more commit to a crusade. He's obviously... um, He's oblivious to the politics of the situation, which creates problems for me and problems for you because policing is politics. There's a Jill Bigelow line. And should AC12 ever be led by someone who himself has been accused of corruption? The question is what to do next. Is it time for a leadership change? What role should Ted Hastings have in this organisation, if any at all? Signed, Philip Osborne, Chief Constable. Chief Constable, guys. But the thing is, we we kind of know that both of those are dodgy already. Like, we know that Andrea Wise is dodgy. We know that Philip Osborne is dodgy. And we know that Rohan is dodgy. They're all mates with Jill Bigelow. I mean, how squeaky clean could you be? So I don't think that's going to be like necessarily a key part to the season because it wouldn't be a surprise for one of them to apparently be H. I'm so bored of the H thing. I think there's 87 H's, guys. 
There's 87 H's too. And this was nearly the tip of the iceberg. Also, imagine someone, imagine your boss writing an email about you like that. Like, yeah, imagine clearly that don't put it in writing, say it verbally, for God's sake. <laughs> so, I don't know if you noticed or not, but a couple of phrases in that document are bolded. Yes. Up the top, a much closer look, bold, clicked on it, got me nowhere. Down the bottom, the question is what to do next. Next is in bold. I clicked on it. A website opened. I'm like, Jesus Christ, let me sit up. Let me sit up. It brings you to, and we'll share all this on socials um, after this goes out in case people still want to solve it. It is um, a pharmaceutical receipt for Kingsgate Pharmaceutical Limited for Mr. Steve Arnott. And is it the doctor called Dr. Luke Carefully? (laughs) Dr. Luke. (laughs) Dr. Luke Carefully. I honestly fell off the chair. We found out Steve's birthday is the 23rd of September in 1985. He's 35 years old. Gorgeous age. What star sign uh, is he? Oh God, I wouldn't know now, Reb. That's What's one for the date? you. Did it say the date of birth on the page? 23rd of September. Um, he's, he's a Libra. What's that mean? I think, um, so he actually be very compatible with me. So Librans <laughs> are air signs so like off. Geminis. Um, they're Making kind me of, a Gemini. What's the word? Libras, they're, they're, um, their symbol is the scales. They're very balanced people. Um, I don't really know what else to say because I'm on the spot, but I think he seems like a nice Libra. I've never met a Libra I don't like. <laughs> He's probably a bloody Virgo now. <laughs> so here's a little Easter egg. His health number um, on this is 026-006-2012, which is actually the first date that Line of Duty ever aired. Ah, very good. Yeah. Um, okay, so he's on ibuprofen and codeine. He's taken one to two tablets every four to six hours. He got 30 of those. Jesus, his stomach must be in bits. Yeah, he's on pethidine, one to two tablets every four to six hours. He's on 30 of those and he's on the benzos, guys. Oh, guys. I'm, I'm very sad to tell you, but he's on two benzos a day. He got six tablets and underneath that is warning can cause addiction. Now, that's foreshadowing. Yeah. Big problem. Also, for guys, can we just remember that Steve was never cleared to go back to work? He just said he was. Yeah. Like he, he was never cleared to go back to work. Right. Well, this, this, this is a problem, but it doesn't stop there, okay? There's only more bleeding code message at the bottom of this. Right? Oh, hello, Dot. Literally. So <laughs> I'm I'm like, okay, I can see Morris code. Like, am I going to bend to do? I need to Google. So I'm like, Morris code translator, okay? Typed it all in. Didn't bleed and work. And I was like, no, guys, I know. I know. I'm, this is meant to be. Were you literally so, like, beep, 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 So I was like on my laptop, like a dope, like full stop, full stop, hyphen, hyphen, full stop, going like, please let this work. And then obviously it's like, doesn't spell out Anthony. And I'm like, I've taken this too far. But something in me said, do it again, bitch, right? So I do it again. <laughs> do it again, bitch. What happened? Bitly Link. <gasps> Bitly. Okay. Bitly link. That's Brendan's nickname because he writes really, uh, what's the word, short and concise. Bitly link. Bitly link, right? Pop it into the little tab at the top. Doesn't bleed and work. And I was like, guys, I've just somehow like managed to get like this spell out bitly, but it doesn't work. Then I noticed that I had to write in .com, right? Where oh was I God. brought? Guys, hold, hold on to your hats. A secret YouTube link. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. Someone tweeted us this. Oh my God. Hannah, well done on finding that. Jesus. It's a full clip of Rohan and Andrea's address to the press from the official trailer. Rohan says, Thank you, everyone. The Deputy Chief Constable and I are pleased to report that Operation Pear Tree, 
Operation Shicho yeah. has completed a thorough investigation into institutionalized complicity between organized criminals and corrupt police officers. Andrea is staring at the ground. She's like, I don't believe any of this. Let the ground swallow me. It's robust findings couldn't be clearer there is no institutionalized corruption in this police force then the camera pans out and gail vela is there being a fab journalist so was she was she because that clip is from the end of season five so have they reshot this or was gail vela always there we need to go back and look oh my god we need to go back and look i'd say it's a reshot that's just me because they reshot dots dying declaration yeah which i'm still fuming over good point so the camera pans gail vela is there she turns to the camera and says Operation Pear Tree, the inquiry described as the most thorough ever into undercover undertaken into police corruption, is now officially closed. Some will wonder why this news is being announced over a holiday weekend. Mm. Cynics might conclude that the police and crime commissioner would prefer his statement isn't examined too closely. Perhaps Mrs. Sinwandi has learned the secret to high office appears no longer to reside in revealing the deepest truths. But in telling the most attractive lies, Gail Vela reporting from Central Police HQ. Gail Vela, God. she's very glamorous and I haven't even really seen her yet. I'm obsessed with her. Here's what's happened. I, I really believe that she has been poking her nose and she's obviously an incredible award-winning journalist yeah. into places that she's not welcome and someone has killed her and that person is definitely a police officer I'd be very surprised yeah. linked, were. linked to Those. whatever Joanna prop- Davidson and linked to whatever property messens has been going on oh it's, yeah it's, uh, I think this season is linking back to property to um, what was that Irish property company called Kettlebell Complex Kettlebell, Kettlebell. yeah I think it's going to be all that the, the refurb of the Sandsview Boys home Mark Moffat's dodgy dealings Ted's gone bust investments mm-hmm. I think all that sort of comes into it Nigel Morton's timeshare in Espana <laughs> <laughs> and guys it didn't stop there stop. so under the YouTube video in the bio all it said was got a story and then there was another bitly link so I clicked on it it's now like half one in the morning I'm wired to the fucking moon it brought me to a Google street view stop. for the ad- yeah, for the address 522 Green Lane in Birmingham, right. which is where they used to shoot the show. Right. I had a little look around, like it was street view, so I could see, um, like it was a very standard UK street, like red brick houses, fast food shops, a couple of cars, a halal supermarket, there was a furniture shop, there was a car park. So I was like, okay, is that the car park? We saw a lot of like black cars and vans driving around in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really getting any clues, but then when I looked at it on map view, my little person was standing at the crossroads, Brandon, you're going to hate this, of Green Lane and 4th Avenue, four dots. That's the only conclusion that I came to. And that's where the trail ran cold. Was there a police station called 4th Avenue Police Station in one of the series? Oh, that's... There was a Polk Avenue, wasn't there? Polk Avenue. Polk Avenue was Roz Huntley. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Well, Hannah, like, fair play for all the investigating. That's really impressive. So if anyone has any opinions or ideas on, like, 52 Green Lane, Green Lane Street, 4th Avenue, or any of the other stuff that we spoke about there, hit us up on Twitter or Gmail. Like, Please guys, I, I, I almost missed the QR code. Do you know what I mean? I would never have even noticed the QR code. Uh, Hannah, you deserve a commendation for that. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Thank you so much. They do give them to anyone they can find on that show. <laughs> <laughs> They're dishing them out these days. Um, it, it, it Honestly, though, maybe in the first episode, we might find out that something's taken place at 522 Green Lane, maybe, in Birmingham. 
hopefully that's what the case is. Like, the whole thing was so clever and I feel like there is actually potential that didn't run cold there and that I missed something. Um, but I'm sure someone on the internet will figure it out and let us know. Yes, uh, Hannah, well done. That's fantastic. Um, guys, I'm going to go through a little roundup of the press interviews that the Line of Duty cast have done over the last few weeks. Yep. I've kind of just picked out the golden nuggets. Um, so first up, you'll remember a couple of months ago, Martin Comston teased an epic bombshell um, of a plot twist midway through season six. He told Radio Times that something big happens at the end of episode four. Okay. Okay. So that's just, we know, we'll watch out for that, fellas. Should um, we make predictions? Like, should we just, you know, we like to do that. We like to we do, use We, we like podcast. to just cover, we like to cover all bases. So we can go, yeah, we said that. Death of a main character. Yeah. I, H well, finally revealed at the end of four. And do it's we say this in every else? season though? I, I, they're, they're doing this whole thing. <laughs> I think they've even tweaked the theme music so that there's gunshots that match the beat. That, as you said, had a, the O in the A of duty has changed to a gunshot. That poster of Kate, Steve and Ted. And the gunshot's through Steve. The gunshot is through Steve. Kate and Martin Comston did like retweet it and say, oh, there's a subtle clue or something. But again, is it all too obvious? I don't know. Someone's, one of the main characters are getting shot. And what was I it? Think Lies that. cost lives. So Steve, Kate or Ted have been lying and one of them dies. Yeah, that wife yeah. and being turned over in the road and that huge shootout with the armed police, I, I'm guessing is, is episode four. And I think someone's getting killed. That could be the opening sequence of episode one. Yeah, you don't. And need you're it. dead right. Guys, there, last season, season five, there's about three ambushes and raids in the space of two episodes. It was uh, outrageous. It was amazing. Um, Guys, the Danny Waldron season, everyone was dead by so the end of the Danny Waldron, minute, who like, we still talk about, was only in one, one episode. episode. And the other fella that died is dead by the end of the second one. Like, it was <laughs> oh, Rod! Rod! Yeah, I remember that very well now. It's actually funny how it comes back to you because like, so much happens in all the seasons. But then when you're chatting about it, you're like, oh yeah, do you remember your man? Um, also, uh, we know that season six is going to be the longest season of Line of Duty uh, ever so far, consisting of seven episodes instead of the usual six. Um, Adrian was on the Graham Norton show with Vicky the other week. He hinted that the first episode in season six is quite shocking. He said, the landscape has completely changed. We are starting from a place that the audience will probably find a bit shocking at first. Things and people have moved around. So the first episode is going to be one of those head wrecks for the audience. So I do think Steve isn't in AC12, like we mentioned earlier. Okay. Has he gone back to counter-terrorism? Is Ted even wow. in charge of AC12? Ted was on his final warning at the end of season five. Yeah, he was. Is Operation Pear Tree, it was, you know, people like Andrea Wise was asking for Pear Tree to be closed, but did Gail Vela open it up with her reporting? Well, look at that letter that we got in the clue from the QR code. Like, maybe that is telling us that, like, guys, Ted's getting Ted out of there or they've disbanded AC12 do you but, know what I mean yeah but like also Osborne who the fuck is Osborne to like take Ted out of there like you're dodgy AF mm-hmm. um, also I think you guys listen to this Martin, Vicky and Adrian were on the Gabby Roslin podcast um, it was a lovely episode they so chatted good. about their friendship Curry wanting to do a travel show together but Martin did say that fans will get answers this season he said that season 3 was his favourite because it was bringing everything to a big climax and it feels like they are back at that point again Martin added in some ways the whole series has been building to this I think there are a lot of big answers coming a few things uh, that people have been looking for him saying that on the Gabby Roslin podcast has made me so excited for season six I from judging off what he said 
I and from watching the one minute and eleven second trailer, I think this is go <laughs> genuinely. I think this is going to be our favorite season. Guys, didn't we predict that when we were having this conversation on our season four recap that it was done in kind of like triplets? Yeah. Yes. So like season one, two, three, they're all combined. It was Dot, it was Lindsay Denton, it was the beginning of OCG and then four, five and six is Balaclava Men, fully OCG, uh, Operation Pear Tree. So that makes sense that he said that this wraps up a lot of what we've been yeah, you and, know, a lot of the loose ends. For a long time, I kind of, in a way, ha- kind of thought that season four was a little bit more standalone than the others because one, two, and three were so intricate. But when we watched it again, like for the 15th <laughs> it time, central it's to central the story. completely. But there's still some things in season four that I think they're going to come back to this week, this season. Jody. Um, yeah, is is Jody back? Um, Frida from season four is actually the lady in the trailer. Someone pointed this out. I completely forgot. She was in a couple of the interview scenes with the likes of Hannah Resnikova and stuff like that. And um, she worked oh. on Roz Huntley's team. She's back in this, and then Buckles obviously took over from Roz in season four. So I think we might be getting a bit of that. Do you know? See, guys, we thought season four was standalone because, and we spoke about this on the recap, because you need season five to happen. You need to watch it, and then you need to go back and watch four to realize yeah. that they're completely connected. Yeah. 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 You're not going to get that from four just on its own. So no. now we're coming into six, you're like, there, yeah, yeah, there is just another little triplet happening. Totally. And um, also, uh, finally, in my press coverage, uh, Jed Mercurio, here is what Jed said. He said in, in, in an interview that uh, season six proves that there is much more ground for us still to cover in terms of uh, other projects and he really wants to carry on with Line of Duty Um, so yeah we we think we're going to get a season 7 of Line of Duty Uh, Adrian Dunbar's kind of hinted at that as well Um, Jed also revealed that he has considered killing off the three main characters he said in terms of the regulars we do put them in peril every season and every season we do consider the pros and cons of something terrible happening to them that means that they can't carry on so they are certainly not immune Oh, God. I would be really sad. This is probably potentially really pathetic on my behalf. I would be really sad for, like, Adrian Dunbar, Martin Compton, and Vicky McClure if one of their characters died and they didn't get to work together anymore. No, <laughs> They seem to get on so well. They seem to get on really well. Yeah, and they were saying in that podcast that because of COVID this time around and filming, they weren't able to do their usual, like, dinners and fun that they would normally do. So they were like, we really want to do another season where we can have a normal life, not in a pandemic, and have all the crack that we normally have and go for pints. So hopefully they get to do that. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, we move on to theories because the theories, the theories are many and they are wild. Yeah, so I have email theories. Will I get cracking with that? Yeah. Okay, so thank you so much to everyone who emailed us in a theory to shrinepod at gmail.com. It takes so long to write and pull together those investigations and we really appreciate it. And a lot yeah. of the emails were so detailed and so long, so I've had to surmise them a little bit. But that's not because we didn't think you were amazing. It's just because I can't sit in a car for seven hours. Okay, so Emily M sent us in a Kate theory. She says, it seems like there are definite signs pointing to the likelihood that Kate's background is more like dots than she is letting on. Kate said back in series one that she didn't finish school and later tells Ryan Pilkington that she spent a lot of time out of the house as a child, not caring what what she got herself into. Jill Bigelow also makes a point of correcting her grammar. It's not a random exchange, and I don't see why it would be in the script unless it was relevant. Kate may have been susceptible for grooming. Her reasons for ending up in AC12 are vague. Because Kate is seen as a protagonist, along with Ted and Steve, I'm going to say that I don't think she's bent. I actually have an an alternate theory. She was recruited as a child like Dot and Ryan and Lisa, and may even have been contacted by someone like Tommy Hunter, or aware of a grooming attempt, but unlike them, clued in early as this, and that this is something to be avoided. So that is from Emily. Um, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, there's some really good points there. I definitely think that we're going to learn more about her background. Also, Kate, obviously we've seen, you know, she had the affair with Akers' husband um, and her and her hubby, there was, I think one of the seasons, Kate was like fully locked out of her house and sleeping in her car. Yeah. Where, what marriage counsellor do they go to? Because in season five, it's all lovey-dovey. Night-night, <laughs> love. There's your dinner. We've gone but, to the cinema. But what we, happened there? We still don't know much about Kate's home life though you know the way we've seen like Steve in his flat we've seen him you know like trying to shag suspects or witnesses we Ted's don't, marriage problems we've all we've seen we've seen Ted and who's, Roisin who's and Roisin's, who's Roisin's new fella yeah but there's there's question marks who is Kate's husband we there's don't know anything hole. Yeah. yeah, there's a gaping hole. This is the season for Kate and this is the season for the journalism side of this whole puzzle. Like, Rebecca, I was listening back to our recaps and in one of them you were speaking about how, okay, so we've got the police corruption, we've got the um, social care worker corruption, we've got the police federation reps and you were like, I think media will come into this. Did I say that? Actually, you were <laughs> bang on the bloody money, Reb, because here we are with Gail Vella. Who am I, Gail Vella herself? I'm really excited to see, like, journalism brought into the storyline. Like, I'm really excited to see it. It's going to add, like, some meat not that it needs any more meat, like it's really meaty, but like I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, I think so am I so because Jill was so caught up with how, like the PR of the police and how the police, obviously she was the lawyer and stuff and how the police appeared to the press. So I think it's brilliant now that we might see the other side of that. Um, okay, we got another email from Emily M on doctored dot footage. She said, please reply with my, with your thoughts as I think I'm going mad and it was sent at quarter to eight on a Sunday morning. So, <laughs> In series four, episode five, in the video of Dot's dying declaration, Kate asks Dot to blink with the first letter of his name. 
In series five, episode six, she asks him to blink with the first two letters of his name. What is the deal? The first version being kept watertight by Hastings until it was stolen by Hilton via Manit and spread to the OCG. Kate must have given AC12 this version. The conclusion is his name begins with H before the paramedics intervene. H could be Hastings. The second version came from Patricia Carmichael. The conclusion is his name begins with H, but Kate then says a uh, second letter and Jocko's past A, ruling out Hastings. Now, they're both written in the script like that, suggesting it's not a production error. It's meant to be that way. Craig Parkinson has said that he went back to refilm this during season four, as you brought up earlier, Brendan. Emily goes on. Now, I'm assuming it was doctored as part of the plan to frame Hastings, meaning Kate is involved. If Kate didn't do it, she would have revealed that she actually asked for the first two letters ages ago and it couldn't be Hastings. So so the video must have been doctored to get rid of the hand gesture and the second letter, putting Hastings firmly in the frame as basically the only viable suspect after Hilton and therefore Kate must have been in on it. Now, I don't know how to rectify that. So... I wonder if Emily's being too clever and that when they reshot it, Jed just slightly re-scripted it to fit the storyline he wanted. Yeah, that's a honestly, I do think there's more to that whole thing, but I just wonder as well, I'm like, surely Kate and Dot would have known each other were part of the network of corrupt police officers. That's the one bit that I don't think so. Kate couldn't have known that someone was going to shoot her and he was going to jump in front of them. You couldn't orchestrate that so perfectly. You couldn't plan that when you're in the middle of getting run over by a by a van with two men in it as well as Dot. Do you know what I mean? Oh, there's something going on there with is. Kate. I don't know if she's bent, but it's not adding up. Like, here's Charlotte Morris um, with some more Kate is bent evidence. Like, the emails that were coming in are picking fast against Kate. So she says, hello, I love your podcast. I only discovered it in August. I have lots of thoughts and her partner isn't interested in talking to her about it. Um, Let's discuss Kate Fleming. Could she be bent? I'm not 100% sure, but I do have suspicions. She dropped the ball with Tony Gates. So basically, Charlotte wrote us the longest, most detailed email and I've summarized it here because it was really long, but it was brilliant. So she dropped the ball with Tony Gates. There was dodgy behaviour with Lindsay Denton. She had the affair with Rich Akers. Strange looks with Dot when giving evidence about Danny Waldron's death. Dot calls her a brilliant liar. Kate then turns against Steve. She's saved by Dot in season three, episode six. The two versions of the dying declaration that we just discussed. Turning against Hastings. No dying declaration from Hargreaves, which I thought was a brilliant point. Um, her husband mentioned she's never home. Then in season three, episode three, The Rage, there was a status zero call. We're made to believe that Ted was silent. Oh my God, She yeah. sent Steve out, but what if we're getting it backwards? What if she muted the walkie and sent Steve to be in control of the situation? She knew Hastings would ask her to send officers, but it was her call to send them all. Charlotte continues, Kate directly benefited from the takedown of Dot and Jill. Bigelow promotions and accommodations galore. She got hero status while having more power and access to more information. She is 100% trusted by Hastings and Steve and remains completely above suspicion. Even in season one as a DC, she had a lot of power. She mentions Jill correcting her grammar, which a couple of people have, um, have brought up. Are we sure she can spell definitely? It's been pointed out. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pointed out more than once that Hastings failed to realise Dot was bent for two years. Could this be foreshadowing? And then finally, Kate's car reg in season five is BA, 
C-I-E. Baddie. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my nice. God. Okay, that's incredible. Jeez. That was Charlotte Morris with that observation. Wow. Charlotte, that is unbelievable. Like, I know I'm such a nerd, but I got goosebumps when I read that. <laughs> oh my God, same. I just got goosebumps there. I was like, what the? F- oh, that's so good. Oh. I know. Okay, so um, we have a couple more emails. This is from Alex in Birmingham. Oh, this is exciting. Mystery character. Mother of God, season six is finally on the horizon. I wondered if any of you had listened to the recent episode of Out to Lunch with Jay Rayner featuring none other than Jeff Mercurio. It's a great podcast and this episode is obviously especially worth a listen for fellow Line of Duty fans. Now, I haven't got around to it yet, but I definitely will. There was one little tidbit which caught my attention. Jed reveals that there is a character which has previously been mentioned in the show who we haven't met yet who will appear in series six. And Alex says, OMG, this immediately got me thinking about your revelation from a few months ago that Ryan Social Worker had the name Hargreaves. So perhaps she could make an appearance, but she's actually in that. She's in that episode. So she's already appeared. And then he just said, really looking forward to the preview episode and the commencement of series six. So guys, I put it to you. Who is Jed talking about? A character which has been previously mentioned in the show, who we haven't met, who will appear in series six. Oh, yes. Sorry, I do. Reb has just pointed at my notes. Mm-hmm. Dot, when Kate went over to Dot's, and you remember he was yes, going through the details. exactly what is I it, thought. Yeah, so when Dot was go- going through the details of how he makes a chili, and it's so versatile and it lasts for days on end. But he then mentioned his ex and said she worked in forensics. We've never Brandon. met Dot's ex who worked in forensics. That is bang on the money. That is exactly what I thought. And I was like, we're getting it in the podcast in case we're right. <laughs> so that we have proof. Um, um, someone who's always kind of, I suppose, been on the outside of things, but in a couple of seasons is Steve's ex, Sam Railston. And she obviously was working underneath Hargreaves for... In, in serious crime in season five and I think she was there in season four or three. Um, what's the crack with her? She Is she just, I don't know, Just uh, there's just something about her. We don't know that much about her other than that she was dating Steve. Is there something there's, with her? Uh, you know, and also Lisa McQueen. Like, is Lisa McQueen actually undercover this whole time? Did Ted know? Did Ted make that hand signal to her when that raid happened and he was posing as H um, during season five? Do you remember that big shootout when Miroslav died? You know, remember he gave that hand signal and everyone thought that he told her to jump? I'm like, Lisa McQueen, she did say in an interview a couple of months ago, that she did have some unfinished business with Line of Duty. And obviously she's the only one who knows about Ryan being yeah. undercover in the police academy. And I'm just, yeah, I just don't know if she's double bluffing. Definitely unfinished business there. There's also the matter of Ro- Roisin Hastings' new mm-hmm. fella, which was mentioned a couple of times in the last series. Now, that could never amount to anything. And I don't think we'd have a problem with that. But that could be the person who Jed is referring to as well. Um. If you guys out there have any opinions, tweet us, shrinepod at gmail.com, email us. Um, like Caddy Lynch, uh, oh no, Caddy Delighted from Wales. Now she sent us 7 million emails. She also sent us an extremely <laughs> detailed trailer breakdown, which I got after I had done mine. Um, oh my gosh, thank you. I love what people are, honestly, like people should get paid for how much work they put into dissecting every detail of the show. 
100% she was like hi guys I just done this trailer breakdown for you in case you want to use it on the show it's literally better than what I read out like I was like oh my god it's amazing um, she is sending us all these emails because she's meant to be studying for her upcoming exams and she's procrastinating so Caddy get studying um, she had a lot of questions I've summarised them is Lisa McQueen still with the OCG she lied about Ryan but she told AC12 about the other stuff that the OCG is doing does she have a soft spot for him what did Hastings say to Lee Banks and Blackthorn we did find that out we did find that out, yeah, didn't we? Uh, Jed said that Ted did tell Lee about John Corbett. Yeah. What else yes, did he tell him? True. That's uh, half cleared up. Who was the OCG talking to on the laptop? Was it Ted the whole time? What's the crack with the fourth dot? Why did Hastings dispose of the laptop? I want yeah. to know yeah. the answer to that. Yeah. What is the crack with that? It wasn't just because of a few cheeky videos. You know what I mean? Come on, like she was also talking about the fifty thousand, the fifty thousand, and the hundred thousand. The, is there a missing fifty there? I thought the police took fifty. I thought he gave fifty to chicken licking. Yeah, that was my uh, memory of it as well. Yeah, yeah. but what um, Mark Moffat was like? Mark Moffat did say I gave Ted a hundred grand. Uh, so Ted, obviously, he was trying to do the right thing by giving John Corbett's wife the money. But that, it, like, what he did was they're going to come looking for the yeah, fifty to be like, like, well, he said you'd another. 50. Is that his final straw? He's on his last straw. And if Mark's yeah. saying that, do I know Mark Moffat's banged up? In prison, Ted's word against his. I suppose he just goes, he didn't. He gave me fifty. Yeah. Also, we did get. I'll mention this when I go through some of my theories. We did get a, an email from someone who said that they noticed that on IMDb that the actress who played John Corbett's wife uh, is in listed in episode one of season six. Apparently, on IMDb, I don't know if uh, who who uh, edits that website or if oh, wow. is okay. it a bit of a Wikipedia that people pop in a few bits. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So that could mean that the money issue comes back up. God, guys, if anyone can edit that, I'll be popping Gina McKee's name in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, perhaps it honestly begins with them finding out about the money, her ha- caving, and Ted being removed from AC12. And maybe that's what Adrian Jumbar was referring to in that interview about big changes. Yeah. Also, Mike Dryden, like, do you know what I mean? He got off a bit scot-free, did he? What's the crack of Mike yeah. Dryden? Did he get immunity? I think he, yeah, like I, yeah. There's just something with him. Yeah, there's a few people that I'm like, hang on a minute now. What happened to you? Also, Ross yeah, Huntley. Yeah, Ross Huntley's an incredible detective. She was sentenced to was it eight years? Am yeah. I, so yeah. Fairbank, Ross, and I thought there was somebody else. Were all due out of Lee prison Banks. around the same Jimmy time. Lakewell. Jimmy, Jimmy Lakewell. Lakewell. Yes. But has Jimmy Lakewell? I wasn't sure if he did. He um, did he get immune? I don't know. He didn't want to talk. Did he go to jail? I thought he yeah. went. I thought yeah, he went. Yeah, we saw him in the gorgeous grey tracksuit. Fruit oh the yeah, fruit the loom. Yeah, very good. Um, Hannah, do you have any more email theories? I have one more. So Caddy just finished, and her name is actually Caddy. I as love in that. Caddy. Yeah. Um, Iconic. she just finishes by giving her suspects for the fourth H: Patricia Carmichael, Buckles, Alison Pell, who will one hundred percent be back, Rohan Sinwani, um, and then she said. I have a very bad feeling somebody is going to die. Either yeah. Steve or Kate, one sacrificing themselves for the other. I'd be devastated. Guys, I would cry for days. Same. Yeah, I, I, I can't bear the thought of that. There is, um, who do we mention there? Carmichael. She was really keen to go after Ted. So I wonder, will she be back? Also, something I noticed upon listening back to one of our own podcasts. Do you remember Danny Waldron used to tell everyone to put in a transfer anytime he didn't like them? Yeah. Carmichael <laughs> told fake Kate to put in a transfer. And I thought that was very Danny Waldron of her. Remember she was making um, a tit yeah. of herself? 
I just think if it's like uh, this, uh, you, well, you know my take on the whole fourth H thing anyway, but appalled. It, it's <laughs> appalled. It's lazy, lazy, lazy. Um, it's, I just think it's really obvious if it's Andrea, if it's Rohan, if it's Carmichael. We know Buckles is back though because it's Buckles. of it's the just, picture. It's I feel like that's all too obvious, no? It is, but Buckles was sniffing around in season one. He replaced Tony Gates on the case. And then also he was there in season four replacing Roz after she got served her reg 15 for, I don't know, I mean, she was wild in season four. (laughs) But we do know Buckles is coming back because of his name was on the door in the background of one of the pictures on set. Um, What a gorgeous promotion. Yeah, like, yeah. And he was, wasn't he very palsy now with Hilton at one point? I thought he was. Yeah, he was. Anyone who's mates with Hilton or Andrea Wise or Rohan or Jill probably isn't the the best. Hilton Hilton put him in as Roz's replacement um, Mm, on Operation Trap So I have one final email. It's from Ollie Watson. Uh, It's proof that Kate is bent. Again, it was very long. I've summarised it, so I'll fly through it now. The bent copper must have helped to frame Hastings in season five. Kate knows his financial marriage situation better than most. Um, She's cheated on her husband before. You'd expect AC officers to believe strongly in right and wrong more than most. Not sure how I feel about that, but... Um, she's a regular undercover officer could have easily befriended criminals and previous ops worked with many bent coppers being a UCO she's a highly skilled uh, officer in deception keeping up appearances gaining trust she's a mysterious backstory we know the least about Kate than of any other major character she was quick to assume Hastings guilt uh, in season 5 episode 6 when Tatlin finds a recording of Hastings being a police officer involved with the disappearance of Corbett, Corbett's mum Kate immediately tells Tatlin to share it with Carmichael Kate and D.I. Cotton start to get very close towards the end of season 3 said he corrupt her were they in it together didn't push Hastings hard enough to ret- withdraw his Fahrenheit order at the time in season 5 episode 4 but then took it up with him afterwards did she want Corbett to be shot has been quite happy to prosecute her own colleagues Arna, Cotton, Deshford Minnie and Hastings is she looking for someone else to take the blame yeah Um, at the same time she's very loyal and nice to Steve seems a bit over apologetic to Steve about Sam having to turn uh, into arrest Hastings among other things in the past but at the same time it's thrown him under the bus very quickly Throughout season five, when talking about potential Ben Coppers, she frequently refers to he, the top man. Is this to avert suspicion? That's something they addressed in the trailer. Um, and then would appear someone in AC-12s would have to be a bent copper. And if it was anyone but Kate Seaver Hastings, it would be a disappointing ending. It seems very unlikely it could be seized, so that leaves Kate or Hastings. We have spoken about that before. So, yeah, people are turning on Kate, guys. That is all our emails for now. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who sent in those gorgeous detailed emails. I'll be having a proper read of those, Hannah. Thank you for summarising. And um, I have rounded up some of the theories that we have been tweeted at Shrine Pod um, or DM'd on Instagram. I love when people slide into the DMs. Yeah, it's great. It's very exciting. Um, and obviously we had actually recorded our uh, roundup of season five back in November. So I had a few of these screenshotted. So um, you're going to get your moment to shine now if you mailed us then. Uh, first up, this is actually something that originated on Reddit this theory and it was from a Reddit user called GM Salad and it focuses on the theory that H uh, could be a woman or a female collective right Um, so it's all about the role of women in the police force you know gender sexism all of that Ros Huntley did really touch on this during her glass box spectacular at the end of season four when she knew her time was kind of coming to an end and 
So we know the H is made up of four caddies, but what if H actually stands for her or for a group of women? So this theory explores the possibility that H is either one person or loads of female officers from different departments working together to fight the institutional sexism in the force. I've never heard this theory before and it was getting a lot of attention in the online articles. Um, So obviously we have you know, there's over the years, we've heard a lot about Ted being um, a Mason and we had that dodgy handshake with Fairbank in season three. Um, Also, Kate went undercover then to try and investigate Ted and she went to a female officer in AC3, I think, to get permission and she went to her because she couldn't have been a Mason. Yeah, so there's that officer copped that. She was like, why are you coming to me? She's like, oh, it's because I can't can't be a Mason. Yes. Um, So um, a journalist called Hope Talbot has actually written an article for for Digital Spy kind of just summarising all of this big theory on Reddit. Um, so some of the other points were that Jill Bigelow played a huge part in trying to frame Hastings. Um, an all-female group of AC3 officers interviewed him, including DCS Patricia Carmichael. So could H be a female collective and is it all to do with AC3? Um, Andrea Wise replaced Dryden as Detective Chief Constable after the Carly Kirk debacle. Jill at the time actually did point out that Wise may have only been given the job because she couldn't have been a Mason. So are we going to find out more about the Freemasons? The fact that Fairbank is in the trailer, it does indicate. Also, it might go back to Danny Danny Waldron's list as well. And I know that we've said that in previous podcasts. Um, Hope also brought up Jane Akers from season two ambush. Um, We know that Jane obviously was involved in conspiring to have Tommy Hunter abducted uh, under the instruction of Doc Cotton. Um, she didn't know what she's really getting herself in for. They they thought it was going to be bloodless, but Tommy obviously was murdered. Um, Jane was a clear target. Was she killed as part of a cover-up? Is she part of a H collective? It's a really interesting theory. It's very long. It's complex. You know, there's obviously loads of different parts to this because would an OCG be involved with a group of female officers? How would that work and all of it? Um, it does put Kate into a bit of a difficult position and obviously a lot of fans do have a question mark over her being H. If H is a group of women is Kate the leader of the collective of of bent female coppers and there's loads of holes in this obviously and in every theory because we all don't know what's going on but why is that why would the OCG where would that fit in and is there there's obviously better ways for women to assert their power in in the force but um if Kate was the big cheese it's the whole her and dot relationship how would they not know about each other that I never really can figure out and either way all of the female characters in line of duty are complex and fantastic and they are real people. They're not just one-dimensional like what we see a lot of the time in Hollywood. Um, so, yeah, on the topic of Kate, uh, Richard Firth got in touch. He predicts that the unmasked... Um, sorry, Kate will be unmasked as corrupt, Ted will be killed, and Steve will take over as boss of AC-12. Whoa, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's... But Guys. Steve taking over, I've heard... there There is a bit of that. It's like the change in leadership in AC-12 does seem to be something that's going to be explored this season. Uh, tell me, Hannah, what were you saying there? What if H stands for her? Yeah, hate it. But just when you were talking about the yeah this group of bent females, yeah, H stands for her. Maybe maybe that was. The, but there's a couple of H's in her. I don't know. Um, I forgot to take Yeah, I know. Jamal, just goes back to a man was dying on the ground. And I know. Saw where they came from. Uh, Jamal Taylor's also been in touch. Um, a longtime listener of the podcast, and basically he said that. 
something has never sat right with him about season two, episode one, and that is the phone call that Akers tries to make to get in contact with Kate. Do you remember she took her husband's phone to contact yeah. Kate because she thought her phone might have been tapped? Yeah. Um, he, he says there's never a clear explanation as to why that was. It was all very suspect and no one really picks up on it apart from Lindsay Denton when she kindly steals Kate's phone and says, well, your call history makes for intriguing reading, significant people at significant times. Why did Jane want to ring Kate all the way back in season two? And with it being Jed, um, let me turn the page, uh, he knew how, you know, we know how clever he is and I know he writes season by season, but the fact that it was never cleared up could mean it could come back and buy Kate. Um, and Jamal is the person who said the IMDB thing about... Um, uh, John Corbett's wife being in that episode. And what Jamal says there as well is dead right because all the way back in season one, Jed had Ted make a very passing comment about him and his friend training and being the Catholic officers. And then it was like, it was seasons later. Well, it was season five, was yeah, it? Yeah, season five with um, John Corbett's with mom. With John Corbett's mother. Yes. That, so season one, and se- like he just dropped something in there, but picked it back up on season five. So and I that- think that's the laptop as well. Is the laptop just being a bit vague yeah. because it might come back at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, also Steve's uniforms come up quite a lot in our DMs. Aaron says that uh, Adrian Dunbar obviously mentioned that people would have been moved around in the first episode. So maybe that does mean that Steve's gone back to his roots in counter-terrorism. Um, people are also asking when Steve's going to finally be promoted to D. At last. Was he not at the end of season five? He they got, got commendations, didn't they, for their okay. work? But Kate's, Kate is the one that has reaped the rewards of everything that's gone on. She's risen up the yeah. ranks faster. Okay. Um, uh, what, oh yeah, sorry, Return of the Huntley team member. Hannah, you mentioned the trailer, uh, the lady in the trailer who says I'm being framed. You don't know what she's capable of. That is PC Farida Jatry who worked on DCI Ross Huntley's team in season four. Oh. Um, it looks like she's been promoted to sergeant, presumably working with uh, DCI Joanne Davidson's team um, and she does claim she's being framed uh, or not. Maybe she's actually bent. Who knows? We'll find out. Um also, this is so juicy and it comes back to the media thing. Um, so Marcus also says, through Outline of Duty, there has been news channel- channels and press conferences, but they've never named the news network. The series uh, the news network uh, has named is MN. It's on Gail Vela's microphone, MN. That's the organization that she's working for. Gail Vela was murdered by the OCG, probably with the help of uh, corrupt police officers. What if the news network is involved as well? I'm assuming that stands for like Midlands News, something yeah, generic yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, you know, pet. <laughs> Dublin <laughs> News Centre. Honestly, 13 years award-winning broadcast journalist over here. And um, also, love this tweet <laughs> from Celtic Viking who said, um, I believe it was Stephen King who said, a good story always finishes where it started. So I'm thinking Osborne as H. Yeah. Um, Oh my god. What else do I have in here? Yeah, Lisa McQueen. Kate is going to be in the frame this season. Would love to see the return of Bob the Builder. He is in Spain. He's going to have a lot to answer to. That's from uh, Simon McGill, which I loved. Also, guys, do you remember um, Jed was kind of tweeting little clues and little bits and pieces during the re-showing of season one and two on BBC One? He was flat out. Well, we got a, a tweet pointing out to a screenshot of one of Jed's tweets during the re-showing of season two over the past few weeks. And uh, 
um, he was chatting about the prison officers who took great care of Lindsay Denton by even making her a cup of tea at Brentis Prison. Jed said, watch out for these two. You never know when they might turn up again. Um, so for the first, oh, sorry, that's the, I'm going back to John Corbett's wife. I just actually um, made a balls in my notes. So that's where that theory <laughs> ended. Uh, you never know where, when they might turn up again. And he did obviously tweet about buckles as well during season one. So um, also who that behind the mask, that moment in the trailer that yeah. we saw. Uh, the the theory is actually from Emma Hughes who said, is that Kate's son all grown up? Um, and finally... Uh, I have a funny theory from Monkey Thumb on Twitter who said, my predictions. Steve takes some pills, winces, tries to shag something and falls over. Kate runs somewhere and says, oh, mate, and runs off again. (laughs) Ted puts gas or oil in his engine and goes after bent coppers. And the one who did it ain't the one you think did it, which I thought was Do you know what? That sums up (laughs) the entire season six. That's it. Like, that's it. That's the tweet. There's it all. Yeah, there's the predictions for uh, season six. Really not long to go now and guys honestly the excitement of this coming back but also the excitement of this coming back during a global pandemic when no one has anything to talk about we're all having a tough time and we all have all the time in the world to delve into every single to detail theorize away yes. uh, yeah and it's like i mean obviously we enjoyed it so much the last time as well uh having to wait a week but i think we just like we're going to be in overdrive, I think, in between each episode coming up. Um, Guys, the ratings are going to be through the roof for yeah, the BBC. I, it'll be record ratings, I'd imagine, for them. Thanks for sending in all of your thoughts and theories. As always, you will find us. We're at Shrine Pod on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can email us, shrinepod at gmail.com. Um, if you don't follow us on the social channels, please do follow us. If you know of anyone who is into Line of Duty or who you think would be into Line of Duty, tell them to watch it. Tell them to listen uh, Listen to us. We would love you to subscribe uh, to uh, Shrine, uh, Shrine of Duty anywhere, that, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And also, we would also like to mention uh, a, a special hi to our patron saints or our patron Kates who are following Yay! us on Patreon. So we're on patreon.com forward slash Shrine Pod as well. Um, thank you to absolutely everyone who is following us on Patreon so far. Can I just give a special shout out to them? Because we actually took that Patreon money um, when we had a little bit of time a couple of weeks ago and we used it to make a website. We did! It's just something I'm so proud of and something we couldn't really have done without that money. So you can now head over to shrinepodcasts.com and check out our gorgeous new website, which is literally powered by the support from the Patreon. Yeah, it is. So thank you so much. And just to name check, just a few people on Patreon, and we're going to be doing this every week as well. A huge thank you to Dorothy Leo, Caroline O'Connell. Any relation, Hannah? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to investigate. Laura, <laughs> Laura Ford, Alex Watson, Nikki Bond, Ruthie Fowley, Maria Gordon, Robert West, and to everyone else who is following us on patreon.com forward slash Shrine Pod. Thank you so, so much. Commendations for all. Commendations Guys, just for all. Did Hannah just fall out of the car? Hannah Petty, you there? Oh, oh God. No, we've lost her. Was she veering towards muffins? I, has the microphone come out of the laptop? We're going to wrap up now. I knew everything was going too smoothly, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, th- uh, thank you so much to everyone who has subscribed to us on Patreon. I, I still call it Patreon. Oh, we're ringing I'm, I'm Hannah back. I'm calling Hannah back now. 
Apparently, it's actually pronounced Patreon, but I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. I need someone Hello. to investigate. Are you back? We lost you there for a second. <laughs> what happened, Pet? I don't know. It just stopped. Um, will we go from <laughs> commendations for all? Oh, did I say we're just going to carry on, my love? I don't. Oh, no. I think that adds to the suspense a bit. It was a bit of a plot twist for a second. Oh, guys, I'm back. <laughs> Uh, okay, so thanks to everyone who uh, who has um, donated on Patreon. Uh, we're going to be giving uh, uh, new members a shout out every week on the podcast. We're going to do the same as we did for the last season of Line of Duty. We will be releasing recap episodes every week, first thing on a Wednesday morning. So we're going to watch on Sunday with you. We're going to be live tweeting at Shrine Pod, and then we're going to do all of our homework Sunday, Monday. We're going to record Tuesday night and you will have it in your ears at 6am every Wednesday morning. So make sure that wherever it is you listen to podcasts, you are subscribed to Shrine of Duty and tell anyone who you think would also be into it. Because we want to have as fun with as many people as we possibly can. We do and keep your theories coming in every single week. No matter how small or insignificant you think it could be, you could be the reason why we crack the case. So thank you so much for all of your your effort and support. It means the world to us. It's been a crazy year um, and it's been strange times, but it's lovely to have this normality back in our lives again. And we will talk to you for our first recap episode on the 24th of March. And we'll see you first live tweeting at Pod on Sunday, the 21st of March at 9pm. Interview terminated. Go on. Piss off. This is TV worth talking about. So we want to hear what you have to say. Find Shrine Podcasts on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at ShrinePod. 